Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. For this episode, our last of 2015, we're going out on a high note. No tips or best practices, just very personal, delightful stories about the experience of the holidays. Our hope is that you'll take a moment in the frenzy of these last few days of December and just allow yourself to get lost in these short stories. First up is Mira Matthews from Red House West. Hey, it's Mara from Red House West, and this is my holiday story for Style Matters. As a child growing up in Alaska, my parents went all out for Christmas. There was one room in their house with a soaring ceiling, and it being Alaska, my dad would go out into the wilderness and cut down a 20 or 25 foot tree and bring it home on top of the old Jeep. It was a huge production to bring it into the house and decorating it took a week or more and required a full-size ladder. My mom would haul down boxes and boxes of Scandinavian ornaments she had made over the years from wood shavings and woven paper. The lights went on first, but just untangling the strands of them took hours. When the tree was decorated, it was magical and we left it up as far into January as we could. Eventually, the needles carpeted the floor and it started looking sad and scraggly. But undecorating the tree took just as long. Out came the ladder again. Out came the empty boxes ready to be filled with my mom's handmade ornaments and stored for another year. As a teenager, I started going with my dad to find and cut down our Christmas tree. One year, we found a real beauty. It was full and even all around with a nice straight top for the star. Dad cut it down and we started hauling it through the snow out to where the car was parked. When we eventually got out to the car and started putting the tree on top, a man appeared out of the woods. I didn't so much as see him as I heard him. There was some yelling about private property, which in Alaska is not a loose concept, and also a distinct at that point, my dad, who is a quiet person, but the kind of quiet person who commands authority, like he's only being quiet because he knows so much more than the rest of us, said, Mira, time to get in the car. I did, of course, and put my head down. I didn't hear what was being said, but eventually my dad got in the car and we left with that beautiful tree. It was a real standout. It reached all the way to the ceiling and we hung every ornament from every box on it. 
In the deep winter darkness, its colorful lights were so pretty. But when we took it down in January, I think we all had a sense of relief. And by the time the last fallen needles were vacuumed out of the carpet in the corners, I think we knew it would be our last towering tree cut from the wilderness. The next year, we bought a tree from the side of the road. The year after that, my parents got a fake tree. It couldn't hold all the ornaments that my mom had made, so we each picked out a few favorites. And it only took a few strings of lights, but it was just as twinkly and just as magical. The moral of the story is this. Do less. Nobody has a happy holiday season if they get shot. Just go buy a tree or get a fake one because the magic comes from you, not from the number of decorations you have, not from whether they all match. So that's my holiday advice. Do less, stay safe. Remember that your family has a good time if you have a good time and that the magic comes from you. Red House West is comprised of Mara Matthews and Katie Bennett, two friends who live thousands of miles apart, both in red houses, with a shared love for home and style. Follow them at redhousewest.com. Next comes Jenna Lefevre of Rain on a Tin Roof. If you're not laughing by the end of this story, it might be a sign that you're taking life too seriously. Here she is. For our family, holiday decorating is all about memories. We don't do matching holiday decor and some of our decorations, like my grandparents' huge red and green Christmas lights or their weird colored melted plastic Christmas tree thing, might be considered borderline tacky by most, but that's okay. Those items hold far more special memories than anything new that I could buy at a store. The Christmas lights are the same ones I insisted upon putting out on my grandparents' porch, much to my pap's dismay. Although secretly, I think he kind of liked them. Each year, those lights show up someplace in our house. They've adorned our front door, last year the chalkboard, and this year the buck is sporting them. The plastic Christmas tree is on the front porch this year, and I'm sure the neighbors are itching to call a neighborhood association meeting to get me to take down all my tacky Christmas decor. My absolute favorite thing to decorate during the holidays, though, is our tree. We don't have expensive ornaments, and you'd be hard-pressed to even find anything that actually matches one another on the tree. No color-coordinating tree here at all. Instead, any memory that I can put on our tree, I do. Instead of typical ornaments, I have things like my daughter's first pair of Nikes and my grandmother's glasses circa 1987-ish. The Barbie and G.I. Joe that topped our wedding cake can also be found right alongside the stuffed animals that my grandmother placed on her tree for me every year. Being a Southerner, we often date memories based on the kind of vehicle we were driving at the time, so you can also find keys to a Dodge Ram truck and a Cadillac Sedan DeVille on our Christmas tree as well. Anything goes with our decorations. We just prefer they come with a history. You can find more stories, DIYs, and household adventures from Jenna at rainonatinroof.com. To wrap it up, we'll hear from the creator of the Fuji Files. We're so happy to share Christina Cleveland's story about her favorite New Year's Eve traditions. We love New Year's, the promise of a fresh start and looking ahead to projects and goals that we're excited about. But first, Christina gets us thinking about the celebration on the last night of the year before we forge ahead with 2016. My grandparents live in a tiny retirement town called Squim in Washington State. So almost every year, my family's gone to visit them for Christmas and New Year's. It's beautiful and green and quiet, which is sort of the opposite of what New Year's Eve is on TV and in movies and in magazines. So 
growing up, I really kind of resented spending New Year's there, especially as a teen when I had this idea that everyone in the world was at some out-of-this-world fabulous party in a sequin dress and stilettos. To add to that, my dad and my grandparents were morning people, so they all head to bed at like 9 p.m. My mom, on the other hand, is from the Philippines. New Year's there is loud, and everyone's out in the streets, no one's inside their houses, and there's music and fireworks and gunshots, and they bang pots and pans and honk their car horns, and the air is full of smoke and noise and the smells of so much food. So when she married my dad and spent her first New Year's in Squim, everyone went to bed and she was up by herself at midnight, and she found it so lonely and a bit depressing. So growing up, everyone would head to bed on New Year's Eve and wish us goodnight and tell us they'd see us next year, and then it'd be just the two of us. And Squim is such a sleepy town that we could see up the mountain maybe a couple of lights in people's really far away windows, but it really felt like we were the only two people awake for miles and miles. And we have our traditions, like in the Philippines, they say if you jump right at midnight, then you'll grow taller in the new year. So we jumped every midnight, and we never grew. We're short. We're both like five feet tall. And you're supposed to eat noodles for a long life and round things for good luck, like round fruits. So we'd make sure to have several types of round fruits, and it's even good luck to wear polka dots because they're round. So we found our own style and our own way of having mini celebrations in the living room, but not too loudly, so we wouldn't wake up my grandparents. And I've done the party dresses and sequins and champagne and out-of-this-world parties, and they're fun, but not as fun as wearing polka dots with my mom in my grandparents' living room and jumping up and down at midnight. So that's my New Year's Eve style. That's what I'll be doing this year. And I hope all of you listening have a lovely start to your year too. You can find all of Christina's musings on fashion and home decor at thefujifiles.com. Thank you to our friends at Red House West, Rain on a Tin Roof, and the Fuji Files. You have given us just the right frame of mind to round out the year. And a huge thank you to our listeners. We are so grateful to all of you for tuning in, making this podcast popular beyond our wildest dreams. We look forward to sharing more interviews with you in the new year, and you can look forward to hearing from some big-time players in the world of style and design. In the meantime, if you're looking for more style inspiration for your home, check out our website, littleyellowcouch.com. To learn about our three principles of design, watch our free video series by clicking on the videos tab. And finally, if you enjoy this podcast, we'd be so grateful if you take a moment to rate it on iTunes. See you in 2016. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable, and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air, and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day, and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now. <laughs>